Hello and welcome to Words of Wisdom, a podcast dedicated to reflecting on the wisdom of the Book of Proverbs. Your host is Dr. Jerry Weirwool, who will share life-giving truth from Proverbs that will help us become wise and discerning. Wisdom is a journey, and we hope you will join us for this exciting adventure. Both this episode and the next one go together as they each cover half of an extended proverb. And since the proverb is eight lines long, we're going to look at it in two halves. So let's start with the first half. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 12 and 13, it says, A person of Belial, a man of wickedness, is one walking with a crooked mouth, winking with his eyes, signaling with his foot, instructing with his fingers. Right off the bat, we encounter an unusual phrase. The proverb refers to a person of Belial. Now, the Hebrew Belial is in the corresponding Greek in the, in the New Testament as Belial. I'll use the pronunciation Belial for convenience. Now, this proverb probably isn't as familiar to most people, especially not this term. I don't think I've heard anyone talk about someone where they say that they think the individual is a person of Belial. The word Belial is a transliteration from the Hebrew word Belial. The exact meaning of the Hebrew word is uncertain, but scholars maintain that it means something like worthless. The phrase person of Belial is used in the Bible to refer to a person who is an evildoer, devoid of morals, prone to troublemaking, lacking good sense, malevolent, and an agitator and schemer against God and his people. Overall, it denotes the poor moral character and the desire for wickedness that resides in the individual. From other places in the Bible, we learn that a person of Belial is one who has a perverse mouth and heart, is generally dishonest, seeks to sow discord, enjoys wickedness, and endeavors to lead others away from God. Some scriptural examples describing a person of Belial are that they lead people to worship other gods or idols, as in Deuteronomy 13.13. They plot evil against Yahweh in Nahum chapter 1, verse 11. They defy the righteous worship of God, 1 Samuel chapter 2. They mock at justice, Proverbs chapter 19. They cause division and strife, 1 Samuel chapter 30 and 2 Samuel chapter 20. They are stingy and selfish, Deuteronomy chapter 15. They are unreasonable and committed to foolishness, 1 Samuel chapter 25. They will give false testimony, 1 Kings chapter 21. They engage in sexual immorality, 1 Samuel chapter 2. Even rape, including homosexual rape, as in Judges chapter 19. They will gather around powerful people who oppose godly society, in 2 Chronicles chapter 13, which is the way that Bar-Jesus, uh, who was called a son of the devil, attached himself to Sergius Paulus, the proconsul of Cyprus in the book of Acts in chapter 13. Furthermore, a person of Belial plots to do evil, as in Proverbs chapter 16. They will slander, verbally abuse, and harm others with their words. And they need to be handled with spiritual power, not fleshly power, as in 2 Samuel chapter 23. Now, a person who engages in one or more of these activities is not necessarily a person of Belial. Or, perhaps more simply put, it does not make them a child of the devil. 
people get caught up in sin and do evil things all the time. Heck, this includes Christian believers. Believers are not immune to the temptations of evil and sin and fall victim to them all the time. But the list of activities I just mentioned are the kinds of things that children of the devil are consistently involved in and pursuing in their life because they've chosen to align themselves with the purposes of Satan and thus stand in opposition to the will of God. Because of their decision to advance Satan's program in the world, they have evil desires constantly dwelling in their heart that leads them to do wicked deeds. This is what Jesus told the Jewish religious leaders in John chapter 8, verse 44, which says, You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of them. And also in 1 John chapter 3, verse 10, it says, This is how the children of God and the children of the devil are revealed. Everyone who does not continue to practice righteousness is not a child of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother or sister. The consistent alignment of one's behavior with the characteristics of darkness and wickedness is why a person can be said to be a child of the devil. They are following the devil's footsteps and accomplishing the devil's evil desires in the world. One other place in the book of Proverbs that talks about a person of Belial is Proverbs 16:27, which says, A person of Belial digs up evil. And the words upon his lips are like a burning fire. The person of Belial is characterized here as one who digs up evil. Digs up evil is a, a metaphorical expression that refers to eagerly searching for and trying to come up with evil things to do. It might refer to evil speech in parallel with the second line of the proverb, but it could also be more broadly referring to simply evil acts in general. By using the imagery of digging for something, the proverb is stressing how the person of Belial exerts significant effort and searches his corrupt thoughts and imagination for ways to defame and insult Yahweh and others. Through evil schemes, the person of Belial actively contrives and plots wickedness that, in turn, either directly or indirectly is destructive and causes pain and suffering for others. Secondly. The person of Belial is said to have words upon their lips that are like a burning fire. This figurative expression likens what is upon the lips of the person of Belial to a scorching and burning fire. The object words is supplied by the metonymy lips for the words produced by the lips when a person speaks. This descriptive phrase, it conveys in graphical terms the immense destructiveness and intensity of their searing words as if they were like a blast furnace whose heat is able to penetrate and destroy even the strongest of metals. Or perhaps to use a more modern illustration, the person of Belial's words are like a flamethrower that spews out scorching flames on anyone they desire to harm. Ultimately, the metaphor represents the excessive injury that is accomplished by a person of Belial's evil and corrupt words. Now, the name Belial is, is not mentioned as a specific title for Satan or the devil uh, directly in the Old Testament, but 
this is certainly the way it's used in pseudepigraphal literature, the Dead Sea Scrolls. And interestingly, the Apostle Paul appears to use this term, Belial, as a proper noun in reference to the devil in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15, where he writes, And what harmony does Christ have with Belial? Or what portion does a believer have with an unbeliever? Therefore, it seems that the reason the phrase a person of Belial is used in the Bible to refer to people who are immoral, idolaters, evil, violent, and wicked, is because they're in league with Belial, that is, the devil. Whether conscious or not about their alignment with the purposes of evil and darkness, a person of Belial advances the devil's sinister program in the world to rebel against their creator by turning people away from worshiping and obeying Yahweh, the one true God. Getting back now to the proverb, the remainder of the proverb actually elaborates on the character of a person of Belial by saying that such a person is a man of wickedness, one walking with a crooked mouth, winking with his eyes, signaling with his feet, or signaling with his foot, and instructing with his fingers. First, the person is called a man of wickedness, just simply meaning that he's an evil person. His wickedness is immediately made known by the way he walks with a crooked mouth. Walks is an idiom that refers to one's manner of life and behaviors, and a crooked mouth doesn't refer to a person who has a strange-looking mouth that maybe is higher on one side than on the other, and maybe looks as though they got punched in the face one too many times. Rather, a crooked mouth is a metonymy for the words that the person speaks and is a way to express that they're not speaking straight or pure words, meaning that the words are not honest and true. Thus, to walk with a crooked mouth essentially means you're a liar and no one can trust what you say. The next several descriptions, that is, winking with his eyes, signaling with his foot, and instructing with his fingers, these all characterize the person of Belial as a person of mischievous and deceitful nature. While we're not given a specific context surrounding these nonverbal gestures, we can safely assume that their purpose is to signal and inform fellow conspirators in order to carry out their plans of malice and deception against their unsuspecting victim. While someone might think that the behaviors of winking with our eyes or shuffling our feet or twitching our fingers seem strange, they are exactly the type of inconspicuous motions that people use to communicate when they don't want others to catch on to what they're up to. Nonverbal gestures as a form of subtle communication are common in countless aspects of life. Let me give you one quick example to make the point. In baseball, when a team is up to bat, they typically have a coach stand near the first base and third base. The base coach's job is to communicate with the batter and any potential runners on base, typically this would be the third base coach, and whether it's best for the batter to bunt or for the base runner to steal or to have a hit and run or to take a pitch, the base coach doesn't want to let the opposing team know what he's telling his players to do. And so, Base coaches notoriously go through all sorts of physical gestures during a game so that the other team won't catch on to their nonverbal signals. Coaches will often go through a series of fake gestures that are meant to be a decoy. For example, they might like scratch their chin or tap their chest or, and then rotate their wrist, but none of this means anything. Then the coach will perhaps maybe tap the edge of his baseball cap 
indicating that the following gesture is going to be the signal that will tell the player what they're supposed to do. While coaches give physical signals to communicate with their players during a game so that the other team doesn't understand their instructions, a person of Belial uses nonverbal signals to accomplish much more nefarious objectives, and nearly always in a covert and subtle manner. As mentioned before, a person of Belial uses such gestures in order to maintain stealth and deception so they can take advantage of somebody by keeping them ignorant of what's really going on. Well, in order to illustrate this proverb, I want to share a story about the Tran organization. In the early 2000s, at 45 years old, Van Thu Tran and her husband were casino dealers at an Indian tribal casino in San Diego, California. While working there, Tran realized that her and her husband could make so much more money if they could just figure out how to beat the house and make the odds fall in their favor. But Tran had an even better idea. What if they could control the odds altogether? And that's exactly what she did. Tran devised a simple false shuffle trick along with a card tracking system that would guarantee successful betting. Tran convinced her husband, parents, extended family, and friends to get involved in this scheme. For the next five years, Tran built a criminal enterprise called the Tran Organization that scammed over two dozen casinos in Canada and the United States. At each casino, Tran would find crooked dealers who were interested in making quick money and willing to get it through illegal means. She would then enlist them in the organization and teach them how her scheme worked for cheating. At first, the Tran organization used an Asian game called uh, Pai Gao, but soon they branched out to do blackjack. Well, here's how Tran's scheme worked. While playing the game, for example, if you're playing blackjack, the dealer would be signaled by one of Tran's co-conspirators, and then the dealer would do a false shuffle. This would create what is called a slug, which refers to a group of played cards in the deck that would remain in the same order as they were just played even after the deck is shuffled. Through sleight-of-hand techniques, the casino security cameras and floor surveillance failed to notice the false shuffle that was happening at the table. The scam was simple but worked because when the slug would come to the top of the deck, the members of Tran's cheating ring would recognize the card pattern and then know how to bet in order to win. Initially, this required the members of the ring to recall the slug card pattern from memory, but pretty soon after the cheating ring expanded to more individuals, Tran implemented a sophisticated card tracking method where nearby spotters who used concealed recording and communication devices to relay the order of the played cards to another individual at a different location and they would put the card information into a computer. The computer would then recognize instantly when the slug reappeared and the spotters would then secretly signal to the players at the table how they should bet. The secret nonverbal gestures used to signal a player were very subtle so that no one would notice and catch on. For example, if a nearby spotter holds a cigarette with only one pointer finger and thumb, it might mean bet. If they had two fingers on top, the pointer and the middle finger, it might mean to hold. Or if the spotter was standing with their right foot forward, it might mean bet. But if they shifted to their left foot, it might mean just stand pat. 
Tran's casino ring was winning millions of dollars, and the ringleaders, Tran and her husband, were now living large with two homes in San Diego, another property in Vietnam. They drove high-end vehicles and bought lots of expensive clothing and jewelry. Tran's scheme proved to be highly effective because the ring controlled every aspect of the table. It was sophisticated, but yet very simple. Not long after Tran and her organization started scamming casinos, a number of the casinos realized that they were being cheated somehow. But despite their best efforts, they couldn't figure out how it was happening. So they called the authorities, and after only two years, the FBI opened an investigation in 2004. By using lots of surveillance, wiretaps, and even undercover agents posing as crooked dealers, the FBI finally broke the case in 2007 and arrested Tran and many of the associates in her criminal ring. At the time they were caught, Tran and her organization had cheated up to 29 casinos out of $7 million, and the FBI indicted 47 individuals as being part of the ring, where 42 of them have already pleaded guilty to various charges. The Tran organization is not unique in the way that it used subtle nonverbal signals to take advantage of others for their own benefit and gain. Many criminal operations use secret communication methods like this to deceive and swindle others. But the ones who use such devious methods are a person of Belial because they have aligned themselves with the devil and therefore can rightly be called children of the devil as they seek to carry out his goals and purposes. While we may not perceive all the stealthy ways that the devil's children are at work in the world, to inflict pain, cause suffering and chaos, and interfere with God's plans and purposes for his creation, we can recognize that evil people of Belial are roaming the earth, and we can be watchful and aware that they might be lurking around any corner. But even more practically, we can carefully observe people and recognize if they might be up to something that they're not disclosing, whether it's buying a used car or an appliance from someone, or making a financial investment based on someone's recommendation, or some other circumstance. We must be cautious about the business we conduct, because there are people out there, and many of them, who will wink their eyes, signal with their feet, and instruct with their fingers if they think they can dupe you and get you to buy into what they are selling. Therefore, we must walk with discernment and understanding knowing that people are not always truthful and honest in their dealings, and we should not fall prey to their schemes. This is the wisdom of the proverb. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Words of Wisdom podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be so appreciative if you would share this podcast with your friends. And if you have been blessed by this work, please consider supporting the podcast by clicking on the donation link in the description.